Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Tan Tan, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? Widdicombe. Josh? Josh? Widdicombe. Widdicombe. Yeah, well done. There we go. This is from Deborah Guy. Uh, that is Tanith. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and a listener from the very beginning, so I thought it was about time I asked my two-year-old daughter Tanith to say your names. That's a nice name. Tanith. Uh, I've never think... heard of Tanith before. No. Tantan was a good uh, shortening. Tantan? Uh, is that what she calls a Tantan? She said that in the uh, recording. Oh, it sounds a bit like drugs, though, and it sort of sounds a bit of Tantan. You got any Tantan? <laughs> yeah, I've got a big one this weekend. <laughs> you still know that guy with a Tantan? How are you, Rob? Uh, well, Rob, yeah. shall I just tell this story that I trailed on Tuesday? Yeah. I can't believe I've not told this before. Is this your story about the baby at your gig? Baby at the gig. Yeah, I can't believe you've not told it on here before. I can't believe I've not told it either. So so I come out, second half, yep. and initially I just hear a slight baby crying when I'm, like, saying a joke. Yeah. And I think that can't be, can't be true, can it? You know, because a lot of these theatres are haunted as well, Rob. So that's partly in my mind. Yeah. So then I'm like, it happens again. I'm like, is there, sorry, is there a baby here? And they were like, yeah. And all the people around them were like, yeah, there is. Ah. And it, and so this is what had happened. What would you have done? They'd got a, a one-year-old. Yep. Or maybe even younger, maybe a six-month-old or whatever. Their babysitter had called in sick. Just before they were leaving the house. Yeah. So they thought, we'll just take the baby. That, no, that's not, not acceptable. Get this. They got to the theatre. I was like, well, did they not stop you when you were coming in? They said they charged us a quid for a baby ticket. A quid? A quid! What? Also, no offence, but that should be your call. It shouldn't be the theatre's call. It's surely the performance call. Well, I'm going to say, Rob, I reckon that that quid was just someone going, I'm just going to chance my arm here. Pocket That's what a I... quid. A quid for a baby ticket? Absolute joke. One of my worries is I don't, I don't want to, you know, do down 
my uh, performance that night because it was one. It was a lovely show. Yeah. But the baby did manage to sleep through the whole of the first half, which is worrying. So, so, so the baby cried a little bit, but then went to sleep. It cried a little bit at the start of the second half. Oh, so it slept through the whole first half. Yeah. And then obviously it got louder in the interval, and then it woke. <laughs> <laughs> All those people enjoying themselves, chatting Bodies and laughing. Of, yeah, some hubbub. There, a lot of people going, "This is fucking dog shit." So we just go to the pub. And then when you came back out and it all died down again, it got <laughs> shocked by the changing volume and popped up. And it was it awake the whole like, the second half? No, I think they might have taken it out. I mean, it was astonishing. Ridiculous! You can't do that. I mean, if that happened to us, you either both don't go or one of you go. I'd just say to Lou, you go with your mate and I'll have the baby and I'll see Josh next time. Because no offence, you're very good at what you do. But it's not like, you know, when like, Someone's doing their final tour and they're yeah, seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're going to Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour, is yeah, it? It's not. I, I think Josh Whitaker will play Nottingham again. Do you know what, Rob? Yeah. I'm going to say it. I hope I do. <laughs> Me too. Nottingham deserves it, and so do you, Josh. Exactly. I had a thoroughly good time. I went to watch Nottingham Forest in the afternoon. That was quite a drab game, and then I went and performed to a baby in the evening. I had a lovely day, all things told. What would be great? That is a great anecdote for the child when they're grown up that they got taken yeah. to their first gig one. But what would be even better than anecdote if it turned out that, and, I, and it won't because you're a good guy, that you were a wrong un and you get caught up in all the sort of, you know, celeb sleaze stuff, like, you know, a bit you tree then the anecdote really takes on an extra level that yeah. they got they got taken to a paedophile show as a baby. <laughs> and I'm not saying you should go down that route to improve that no, person's no, anecdote. I'm, gonna say I'm now. just saying they're the levels. And, 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 and that's totally not the anecdote because you're not. You're no, a good guy. Course, but if you were to, you know, nonce it up, that anecdote really starts to catch light. I'm going to say, we discussed you stealing from Waitrose last episode and things have really snowballed. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm accusing people of paedophilia. Yeah. Um, well, not accusing, I'm just I'm suggesting no. it. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> just suggesting. <laughs> I'm not, you know, obviously. No, no. Really we're bad, we're very it? anti, just to be clear. Okay, now, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more anti-pedos. Yeah. There'll never be an about turn on that. No, that is no. the policy of the podcast. Yeah, and I know when everyone also says, you know, but, you know, if you disagree on things, you need to be open to discussion with other people and see they're not this one, buddy. No, no. I'm, pre- I'm entrenched. I'm, I'm concreted in on my view on nonces. Yeah. You, you, do you know what? Ever since I've known you, you've had that view. You haven't changed it once. No, I haven't. Consider it a credit to you. How <laughs> you have you much. been, Rob? How have I been? I've been all right, actually. Pretty good. The girl, They're getting busier, the girls, which is good. We've like, they, um, they do ballet at school and then there's football on a Sunday. So it's quite, we get, we've got a quite a nice balance. Nice. I do feel guilt, though. They can't, my five-year-old can't swim yet. She was doing lessons before COVID hit. And now we're trying to get her into some swimming lessons, but everywhere's booked up. It's, it's, oh. it's really difficult. And I, I, I want her to be able to swim. So I've got, I want to try and get her swimming and also riding a bike. So yeah. they're my, by the end of the summer, you know. Does I she think, want to do them? Is she fussed? She's half mentioned the bike and I think she she loves swimming and they would want to go. So yes, I think so. Because they're sort of kids at school talking about swimming and bikes and stuff. But um, I want to try and get that sorted. It's very difficult to find the time to, to go and do it. But I want to book her in for something. So that's my that's my goal this this summer. But you can do like book like intensive courses or something where they go in half term every day. They're all booked up. So I don't know what to oh, do. Like, like when people do that week-long driving thing. Yeah, but I'm thinking, because there's two of them, and the youngest is three and a half, but she's really physically quite capable and confident mm. and stuff. I think, she, I think 
I I'm tempted to just splash out on <laughs> excuse the pun. Really lovely, really nice stuff. Really splash strong. out, you know, and on a instructor that I'll book them to do it in a week and really, you know, jump in the deep end with it and it'll be oh, really sink or swim yes, time. Please. And then let them have direct one on like one on one on one with both the girls and try and get them swimming together and see if that's yeah. oh and I might even do what I might even do is a few other friends have got kids the same age get like five and then split try and, you know get four or five kids and split the cost and then you create your own little class and then you can just go and do it in a public swimming pool that's nice because we did do swimming early on and she didn't like it but yeah it's one of those things you, you don't want to get too late do you know what i mean yeah exactly and like to be fair she's still only young and there's been lockdown and the swimming pools have literally been shut and we had a booked in courses but that's the thing exactly. you can't be too harsh on yourself but it's something i would like to do in the next uh by the end of summer i think so by the end name. of summer good idea that that's the plan but um uh oh yeah the, oh the only other thing that happened the other day was um i uh i bit the five-year-old <gasps> by accident when we were playing we were those playing, teeth we were those playing, teeth. i know we were playing we were playing a, like a wrestling game like that and then i was like you know when you sort of like pretend like you're a crocodile you nibble on them and then just sort yeah. of like i just did it a bit too hard and she was like oh yeah but it was an accident because like, i was doing it oh, as your arm went into, oh it was really awful did and then, you leave a mark a, a tiny a tiny one but you know what kids are like the tiny mark like you could barely see it and she's like oh i've got a mark i've got a mark and she runs to her mom to her mum going oh. daddy bit me and i was like this looks bad oh, like an italian footballer oh, yeah look with these chompers <laughs> also it's real it's real uh do or die time now with the five-year-old's teeth because she's lost the top two when she was younger just yeah. in an accident and then the bottom two have fallen out oh natural and she now she looks like she's a meth head and the teeth are coming through, and it's it's all about the genes. Did she get the Beckett ones? Is oh, she getting God. a pair of Beckett chompers? We'll find out in the next year, I'd say. Oh, but, my um, word. Good luck to her, because she could look for a few years absolutely insane. Well, presumably. Did you have a brace, Rob? Not on the top ones, but no, the bottom ones. that could cage those, is there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd have to, you know, if that, you know that, that metal they try and put around like a superhero and they arrest them in X-Men? <laughs> A special cage for Magneto. But no, the bottom ones, I had an extra tooth. So I had that one taken out and I had a brace in the bottoms. But the top ones are, are pretty straight and they're not they're not that goofy. So they didn't need to go back. But the bottom ones were a bit sticky out. So I had a brace in the bottom ones. But these front two ones, I had at the age of six and they've been the same size. And my head's got bigger, luckily. But from about six to 15, I looked absolutely mental. It was tooth, then face. You'd see the tooth coming first. Oh, well, you, do you know what? You've made the best. And now... I'd say I I more mention your teeth because I know it's a thing than I ever notice it. If you know what I mean. Yeah, well, like if you type in blonde big teeth, I'm the first thing that comes up on Google, followed by some <laughs> absolutely disgusting pornography. I once was in a nightclub. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just um, I was about to try blonde big teeth to check your thing, and then you finished saying what you're saying. That's why I kind of paused. Um, I mean, it's worth a look. <laughs> So I wouldn't say I'm not. It's not bad. It's just, you know. <laughs> oh, I was once in a nightclub, and I saw you know when you get, you clock people that have clocked you, yeah. But they're trying to work out who you are, and then they're obviously googling to try and work out who I was. Yeah. And I looked at their phone, like just caught it in my eye, and they'd googled ginger comedian, <laughs> and they were looking. They were looking at a picture of Andrew Lawrence. <laughs> You're not ginger. Well, that's what I wanted to bloody well say, mate. Do you know what? Because you're you're like like sort of ashy blonde, where mine goes a bit... Does yours go lighter in the summer? It does go lighter in the summer. Yeah, mine goes really light in the summer, and people accuse me of dyeing it, 
which I don't. Yeah. Which just goes darker in the winter and lighter in the summer because there's more sun on it. That's just you know. But if I was dying it, then I'd have blonde hair all year, wouldn't I? Yeah. Oh, exactly. just, yeah, anyway, so I do find there's a real bit of, sh- you get a bit of shade from people that don't like blonde people and just accuse them of being ginger. There's nothing wrong with being ginger, but no, that they will yeah. say, oh, you're ginger, but like as if it's like a a sort of like. But, but a- my hair was so blonde when I was a kid, yeah. right? It was so light. It used to, when we went to Laser Quest and there was a UV light, <laughs> yeah, that I used to, to, me. I used to my- glow in the dark. And my teeth. Well, of course you do. You must have been a seeing dark, mate. <laughs> no wonder I was shit at Quasar. <laughs> Awful. It was, it was ridiculous. Everyone just seemed to be running around. <laughs> teeth oh. and air blasting out across <laughs> the floor. All I am is teeth and air. <laughs> oh, I used um, to go, when I used to go to Spain, people used to yeah. touch my hair and say, Rubio, Rubio, because I was blonde and give me things. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice. Um, we've got a um, we've got an email. I've got an email about um, young Josh. Um, have you seen that in the emails about you, Josh? No. He's got a picture coming through talking about your blonde hair. Um, here it is. Hi, Rob and Josh. I went to primary school with Josh. I was. Is this another one? Chloe Willis back in the day. Wills, Chloe Wills. Wills, sorry, Chloe Wills. My husband Mike absolutely loves your podcast, and he played in the episode with the Steph Tiley gay, and it made me laugh so much. Yeah, Josh, lies from Steph Tiley. Yeah, gosh, she's Steph still, Liley. That's what I call her. Yeah, the one that got away. She could have had Widdicombe. Look at her now, Steph. I think to be fair, you made a bit of an escape. He's hard work, isn't he? You're a bit hard work sometimes. <laughs> I'm joking. You're a lovely guy. Josh, do you remember running at the Marble Mania Club at school? Oh, my God, you fucking virgin. What is Marble (laughs) Mania? Do you know what, Rob? Yeah. I'm going to say it. I was a fucking virgin at 10. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, slow coach. Get some cider and get down the park and get your end away. I Bromley or wherever you grew up, but (laughs) at the age of 10. Um, Josh, do you remember what what happened at Marble Mania? Right, Marble. So... (laughs) Actually, Rob, this is the kind of thing you'd you'd hear about in a in a book that Alan Sugar would write about being a, a young businessman, right? Yeah. Now you've covered what my school was like, so it won't surprise you. There was a brief period uh, when marbles were very popular because I grew up in Victorian times. Yes. Yeah. A place started called the House of Marbles that sold marbles in Bovey Tracy, and we all just got into marbles. Yeah, of course. And then me and my friend Thomas started an after-school club. Oh. And it wasn't really marble-themed, but we kind of piggybacked on the marble thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what did you do? Uh, everyone would come around to my house. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd sell stuff uh, that we didn't want in a shop. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. And then we'd charge everyone a pound to get in. And then uh, we borrowed Christopher Campkin's disco lights. <laughs> yeah. And we put them on, and then I played a mixtape that my brother had made me, which contained Rhythm is a Dancer yeah. and On a Ragger Tip by SL2, if you remember okay, that Okay, yeah. And then... Yeah, and then we'd all watch Neighbours. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. And so, it was called Marble Mania. And did you play we, marbles, or did you show each other your marbles? We'd show each other. We never really played marbles. It was more of a kind of... Can you of play a marbles? Show. Well, no one really understands what the rules are. <laughs> I just thought you looked at them and they're all shiny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You trade them and stuff like that, but we didn't really even do that. Well, here it says, do you remember running Marble Mania Club? Obviously you do. I've got to be honest, it's still a sore point for me. It was the hottest ticket in town. It was the hottest ticket. And uh, I'd say hottest ticket is a strong phrase, as is the phrase town. You're clicking because you're excited, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> here they are. It was the hottest ticket in town. I was really counting my money. Me and Thomas were making about a tenner each a week from it. <laughs> And we were 10. Can you oh imagine what that kind of money is like? You actually earned more money there than you did in the first week of lockdown. <laughs> I, yeah. 
And I'm not going to lie, Rob, we didn't declare it. Oh, oh don't, you'd have the tax man in your case. Oh, according to this, you did Marble Richard Mania. Sunak trying to de- deal with the debt by getting on to me by Marble yeah, Mania. Yeah, according to this, you did Marble Mania for 10 years with five shows a week. Um, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Uh, my older sister would come, yep, would come home with prizes she'd won in the dance competition. Oh, yes, please. I don't even remember the dance competition. That sounds like the kind of pro... I'd say, Rob, if <laughs> I was to draw mental. a comparison between Marble Mania and anything I've yeah. experienced in later life, have you ever been to Wayne Lineker's Ocean Beach? No, I haven't it's, been there. It's a similar vibe. <laughs> yeah. It's a similar sure. vibe. Also, you know, he trades on the Lineker name the same way we traded on marbles. That kind mm, of I would say, though, that the host of the party, Wayne Lineker, is definitely not a virgin. <laughs> If he was a virgin, it'd be one of the greatest scoops of all time. Anyway, um, I wondered if you if you had started it up again. Now you have children. No, I haven't started up Marble Mania because I live in East London. Yeah, well, you could try my um, my mum and dad also found a load of playgroup primary school photos. And I thought Rob oh, might appreciate the one I was found of you. So this is you when you had really mom, blonde uh, hair. Rob and Sue Wills. Here they used goes. to run the uh, the barn dance, the yearly fundraising barn dance. Marble Mania could be a great thing to. We're um. Well, we've got big plans eventually to do, uh, do a festival of lockdown parenting health. Yeah. So Marble Mania could be one of the tents. Exactly. That'd be great. Wouldn't it be I'd good? be up for that. Um, I wasn't going to mention this today, Rob. Yes. But I, I'll, I'll briefly, because I'll talk about it on Tuesday, because I want to ask your advice on how to do promo, because you've got... Now, you've inspired me, Rob, because two weeks ago you said you had written a book that's coming out. Yes. I have written a book, <gasps> and it is being announced today, Rob. Oh, that's exciting. What's it called? It's called Watching Neighbours Twice a Day, and it's about... It's a good title, isn't it? It's a really good title. It's it's about growing up in... Tell that to my editor, Rob. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not jump off the shelf um, easy, is it? What what were they suggesting it called? Josh Whittacombe from The Last Leg on Channel 4. (laughs) At the end of the day, the discussion did uh, go round and round until the agreement was made that no one gives a shit about the title, so they'll just let me have whatever I want, which is very nice of them. What's the Uh, cover going to be? Well, the book is about me growing up in the middle of nowhere in the 90s uh, and my obsession with TV, and each chapter uses a different TV show as a starting point to tell the story of my childhood in the 90s. That's a very clever way of doing it, it's, isn't it? It's a lovely, nostalgic take on the TV we watched in the 90s. But also, there is a chapter which talks about Marble Mania, Rob. So is I wasn't going to mention it today. Yeah. It's a Marble Mania chapter. The live and kicking chapter touches heavily on Marble Mania. <laughs> if you want to pre-order, why wouldn't you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to read it, mate. I tell you yeah. what, I, I can't promise I'll read it all, but I'll definitely buy one. <laughs> one for free <laughs> but if any you know it's available to pre-order now so do go on and yeah why not while you're on amazon or waterstones or your independent bookseller website order robs as well yeah and then you can hold them both up at christmas listen to the podcast it'll look like we're talking to each other yes that's a great shout get um watching neighbors twice a day and a class act from all your favorite bookshops there we go but on tuesday i want to ask you because i'm not very comfortable with promo and you're very good at it, so I'll ask you about that on Tuesday. Let's right? work. You need a strategy. That's what you need, mate. You need an angle. We'll yeah. work it out. We'll work it the out. The links are on. You know, do go out and pre-order them because I've put a lot of work into oh, this, yeah, and I'm please. not going to lie to you. Yeah. I've got a baby due 
He's got, he's got a baby due. He's going to have to... T- he's turning down work to look after his child. Um, exactly. If you can, please buy the books. We would yeah. really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Josh, should we introduce our guest? He's got a book out as well. It's Book Central. He's got a book out. It's Book Central. Tony Bellews, Everyone's Got a Plan Until You Get Punched in the Face. His autobiography. Very I interesting His story. editor didn't stand up to him like they, they stood up to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, the editor's mum's a dick was the actual original title that they were fine with until... <laughs> Tony stopped the joke, but that's uh, about his uh, life story. And he, he went from a very sort of uncompromising, tough upbringing in Liverpool all the way to winning the world title at Cruiserweight at Goodison Park, the stadium Amazing. of his hometown there, club. Uh, no, I remember watching it on the telly and it was incredible. Google, if you go on YouTube, basically in that fight, he gets knocked down in the first round and then he comes back to win. And it's absolutely incredible. So what Google Tony Bellew Macabre at Goodison Park in front of all the Everton fans. It's amazing. And he's an incredible bloke. He's very intense and scary. And I love alpha. the intensity. I, you know, mm. like he's sportsman times... T- not most sports people you interview yeah. are intense. Yes, He's intense times yeah, 10. He, yeah, but he's very fun and loving as well. Yeah. But he's got that switch, which he needs to be good at what he does. But he, what's interesting about this chat, though, is I think we're quite fairly um, modern in, the, in our approach to parenting and stuff, where yeah, he's still are. a bit more old school, which is fine. And, like, and, and, and I know it's good to, you know, he's a bit more... Takes all sorts, Rob. Exactly. But I think it's good to talk about it, though, and, and so that mm. we've got all different angles. But yeah, he's very, like, old school um, uh, dad. But yeah, he absolutely loves his kids to pieces but he's got teenagers and this was recorded in lockdown and it's sort of fairly like a bleak point of lockdown in January time I think wasn't it yeah and yeah, I should so. say after all of the anecdotes about you being on a golf course finally we've got one that really kicks off <laughs> it's a good that's a good story <laughs> and this is Tony Bellew enjoy <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Do you know anything about the podcast, Tony? Really? Mate, I haven't got the slightest clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. There's yeah. no point in lying. No, it's better to be honest. Because you'll catch me out without a shadow of a doubt. So just please let me know. We're not swearing. No swearing. As much as you want, mate. Oh, no, I don't know about that, mate. We've had all sorts. So are you telling us not to swear? Uh, No, I'm trying to tell me not to swear, mate. I'm (laughs) I'm trying to cut it to down a little bit. So, you know, I'm trying my very best to not call anyone or twat or yeah. fuck or shit and especially in front of the kids lately I've become so much more aware but uh, this homeschooling mate it's fucking me up <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's killing me what, what, um, how many kids have you got and how old are they Tony? I've got four boys uh, I've got one who's 15 who thinks he can take me I've got another one who's 12 who probably can take me because he's that big and heavy I've got one that is eight sorry no he's not he's nine uh, I've got one who's nine, and then I've got one who's just turned one a few days. Well, oh, no, um, a couple of weeks ago. So, so how's Blimey, the boy? That's a spread, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, to a little one. You've got the little one now. What? How's how's yeah. that? 
I've started all over again, mate. So I've basically <laughs> fucked myself over good and proper. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, do you know what? I, I've looked at it. So I've got four boys, uh, three boys. I've I've just I've wrote off now. I've lost them. You know, the the just the, the mummy's boys, and I've lost yeah. them. So this I had this most recent one. Well, she had the most recent one. I obviously just put them there as we do, <laughs> uh, and I, I, this was a, my latest project to make him one of my own. You know, I really, this 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 child is like he he's gonna be me. He's gonna be. He is a reincarnation of myself. He is one that I've been able to give full attention. Yeah. He is my personal project. So all <laughs> the other boys have to just leave him alone and let me do my work on this one. That's what. I, it comes oh, to so it's almost like a project. How's it going so far? Mm, I'm trying. I'm trying. But you know, he's tough. I can say that much. He's one years old and he's tough as nails, mate. He doesn't give a shit. He, he, you know, he can't walk. Yeah. Which is completely understandable. So the so setup is basically: Do you feel like because you've been like you were doing you know, boxing for ten years and doing all sorts yeah. of things? Twenty, mate. Don't 20. don't do me an unservice. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, okay, twenty years, but over the time of the kids, you know, being small kids, and you're away yeah. at camp for like months and mm. stuff. So now you're fully retired and you're at home. So in mm. what regard are you trying to make this child your project? Is it because they're softer because <laughs> they're mummy's boys, and that you want a daddy's boy, or what? yeah, the mummy's boys, and they've just been given everything he wants. I mean, I've had to take. As you can see, that picture in the background there, it's a Jaws uh, picture. Because yeah, I've, yeah, I've got I've got my middle child, who's, who's 12, our Kobe. Uh, he, is, he, he loves the old style thing, so he loves all the old school movies. Mm. He, he basically begged me for a TV with a big back on it, like the old televisions he wanted <laughs> in his room. He likes a wow. ghetto blaster, and I'm just like, I don't need these problems. But the mother just gives in to everything. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. I've lost them. So she just gives them and gives them and gives them. That's yours is a perfect example of what the fuck is going on in my house. <laughs> How can a 12-year-old boy want to... He thought he was a shark when he was nine. What the fuck? I mean, it's insane. So I've, I've finally got... After, after all these years, I've finally took that out of his room. We've got that rid of that now. So that's on the top floor in this office yeah. area that I'm in now. Um, these are just little kind of... I'm giving you little things here that, that just go on in my crazy-ass house. Did you buy the big TV with the back? No, mate, I didn't. I didn't. Because, <laughs> you know, I couldn't find one. That's the only reason I didn't buy one. And, I mean, I could have got it, but she couldn't find it. That's the most important thing. If she can't find it, they don't get it. If she can find it, she buys it and... It arrives at the house and i have no say whatsoever on the finances that are going in my house and what gets bought what comes in and what goes out all that i've got control of is the fucking cooker because i cook the food and that's all i can do in this house <laughs> what do you cook everything i'm a good cook means i can cook i mean you don't get this fat mate by, by not being able to cook you know what i mean i'm a greedy bastard but listen i cook that's what i do and i get told to clean certain areas in the house so I'll clean the kitchen really well I can stack a dishwasher, dishwasher like no other fucker on the planet. Uh, What's your top technique? What's your top technique for the dishwasher? Maybe top technique is a space between each dish. So, you know, don't don't just jam them all in and fill yeah. every little slide and compartment. So you can't put like 10 plates in 10 spaces. Yeah. If there's 10 spaces, you've got to put five plates. That way they all get washed back to front properly yeah uh, then i have some forks i put I, I put a space in between everything so i, I utilize the dishwasher perfectly <laughs> i can't believe i'm talking about this does that that's mean, what I do. I'm, 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 I'm interested does that mean it. you're doing twice as many washes than uh, everyone else though it doesn't make because I, I i predict the amount that i'm gonna use so sometimes i do a wash before i start the cooking for the night and I'm, sometimes it just depends on how, many, yeah. how much i'm cooking <laughs> what kind of meals i'm cooking 
But uh, yeah, are you, I've coping lost my mind. are you coping with retirement okay? I haven't got time to think about it, mate. So, so what does your day involve now with homeschooling and stuff? Are you, are you doing all of that? Me day, well, I'm not going to tell lies here. There's no point in doing that because she might see this and then she might just give me a slap and put me straight. So, the best thing to do is just tell the truth. And the fact of the matter is, I don't do the homeschooling because you know why? Because I can't do it. I had a big argument with her over an eight year old's homework. You know, Johnny took 15 pence, he had a pound, and, and we went back and forth, and I was like, he had 85 pence. She was like, no, he didn't. I was like, yes, he did. <laughs> Don't tell me. My son's sitting there, he's laughing. He finds it absolutely hilarious because he can do the math both quicker than the two of us. So I went through a bit of an episode over the weekend, and I thought, like, I was annoyed, mate. All yeah. day Saturday, I was not happy, and I was on the, I was on the edge of just... Well, it, must be so, it must be so hard, though, when you go from, like, your career of where you are, you know putting yourself and your health on the line and that adrenaline and your pumps up to what is sort of people would call domestic bliss. But yeah. it is it is boring compared to the adrenaline that you've been getting through training and stuff like that. So you, you need that outlet. You need something, mate. Everybody needs something. So uh, do you know what? I, I, I know I rant on a little bit and I, and I go a bit off the uh, scale, but you know this lockdown at the start of it, definitely, I've got to say at the start of it, it was absolutely brilliant. I, my family, we got into a routine. I loved it. Uh, and it just, I've spent more time with my kids in the last 12 months than I have in the last 10 years. And, yeah. and, and, and I mean quality time. Because as you can imagine, my career just takes over everything. And I was so driven to become what I actually ended up being that it took over my life. Boxing mm. came first. It came before my wife. It came before my kids. And everyone used to say to me, yeah, but you're doing it for your kids. But you know what, mate? I weren't. I was doing it to become world champion. Well, after I became world champion, yes, I'm doing it for my kids because the financial side of things and stuff like that, but make no mistake about it, I wanted to become world champion. I yeah. was driven from a from the ages of 14, 15. I was insanely driven trying to become world champion. So I'd done that for me. Mm. In the process of I've, I've been earning for them, yes, the financial and the lucrative side, that was for them 100%. But that belt that I've got, that she's actually fucking shoved in here. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? Uh, uh, the bottom, bottom drawer of a cupboard. In no way. Right. No, shoved no. in a cupboard. Look that, at that. Wow. That, oh is the, that is the, the pride and joy of my, my lifelong <laughs> ambition and goal. And she just shoves it in a fucking cupboard on the top floor in the office. <laughs> My well, at least the jaw, in... at least the jaws pictures on display. That's the main thing. The jaws pictures on display, Jesus. and that's in the cupboard. Surely, surely it should have a box or just a but, towel. Oh, but, that's, but that's there, isn't it? That's <laughs> the, there. Wedding, the wedding photos. Yeah, up. just just you know, just another day, isn't it? So you know, it's an amazing bit. Of kit. Wait. <laughs> That, so that shoved in the. I'll put it back because if I like leave it out as if I'm proud, undoubtedly she will come back at some stage and just put it back in the cupboard. So, uh, yeah, it's that's what it was all about. So, so lockdown one. So lockdown one was amazing because you got that time with you. How is it now? Brilliant, Rob. I, I, she does everything. The wife, so she does all the homeschooling. Uh, she cleans like a maniac, and and that winds me up. And then, I, you know, I try and have time for us. That like, it gets about half eight, nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, it's our time now, love. Let's watch a programme. Let's watch Flick on something. And she's just like, I'm tired now. I'm going to bed. It's like anything to uh, ignore me and stay away from me. You know, you basically been out my way all day. Not spoke a word, really. Gets to about eight, half eight, nine o'clock. And it's uh, see you after. And I'm like, 
what what the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? You just I'm trying to which I'm trying to stay so we we've got something in common yeah. besides these little fuckers who just take over everything called children. <laughs> uh, and mate, it's just hard. But and does your fifteen-year-old think he can take you now? Is he yes, getting mate, that sort he of does. He does. swagger? Yeah, he does, mate, and he's gonna learn the hard way that listen, dad did not get us to a house like this and drive a fucking car like that by tickling people's asses. He turned it by slapping people's asses and dealing with big, strong-ass men. So, boy, pay attention if you're going to watch this. Are they going to be boxers? No, 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 don't be daft. I mean, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been punched in the face, Josh, for 20 years so to see them get punched as well, mate. So uh, that's just not the plan. We had a little incident. <clears throat> we were at our lodge in Wales. We've got a lodge in Pafeli that we love to go to uh, and spend our time there. So uh, there's a nine-hole golf course on there. I'm, I'm trying my best to get better at this golf, which is not going very well. But I'm trying still. I love yeah. the game. Uh, and I'm walking on the golf course with him. Me and my lad were walking along, and uh, I'm carrying the golf bag, and he, he nudged into me. And, and I went, what are you doing? And he went, don't start. He said, you don't want any of this. And I, I said, <laughs> <laughs> that's the face that I just like. What? <laughs> he, uh, you don't want any of this. And I said, come again, please, come again. And he says to me, uh, really? Okay, he said, he said, put the golf bag down. <laughs> I, I said, no problem. Okay, let's put the golf, we're going to do this. Okay, let's put the, put the golf bag down. <laughs> it's the best bit. He said, take the glove off because I don't want no excuses. The golf glove I had on me, on me right hand. Take the glove off because I don't need no excuses. I, I said, are you, are you serious or for really? He's, at this point, he's doing this. He's shooking his shoulders and his neck. Oh, how big is he at 15? Is he, he's is he he's bigger than me, six foot four. I'm six foot three. Okay. Size 11 shoes, same as me. And uh, he says, yep, yeah, take the glove off. <clears throat> I don't want any excuses. So I said, this is going to be quick. It's going to be swift. And you're not going to know what's going down. <laughs> He said to me, I'm ready for this. He's been watching too much UFC, by the way. Okay. So bear in mind, there's other keen golfers walking around in Pafeli around this course. It From a distance, he's six foot four and I'm six foot three. This looks like two big, hairy-ass men about to go for it. I've put the golf bag down. I've took the glove off. He charges at me and tries to take me legs. Like, I told you, he's been watching UFC like a lunatic. Yeah. So I, 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 I kicks back and, and puts me weight on the front. I just leaned on him at this point. At this point now, he's trying to have a wrestle. He's struggling. He's felt the weight of me, literally, and he's understood I'm now in trouble. <laughs> I just then <laughs> mounted him, put me arms in this position. His arms are in this position. I just stuck them. I put me one knee on there, the other knee on there. So he's on the floor like this, yeah. and I'm over the top of him. And I just said, now you're going to learn. And I just gave him, boom, there's one slap. I said, are you still want to carry on, son, or have you had enough yet? And he went, this is nothing. Is this all you've got? <laughs> boom, another slap. At this moment in time, two men just walked right past me and just looked at me and shook their head. <laughs> I didn't even have the energy to explain to them. He's my 15-year-old son. I'm his dad. Do you think that would have explained it? I don't know if that makes it better. <laughs> So, mate, I just, I, I, I lent on him, kept him in this position with my knees there like that. Just for the listeners, that's like yeah. hands by the head, like a kind of yeah. hands up. In my knees bank. are pressed down on the sides of him and I'm over the top of him. And I just, he couldn't get me off, mate. Listen, I'm 16, 17 stone. He's about uh, 10, 11 stone ring and wet. He's like, he's built like a, like a bean pole. Yeah. So... Uh, I just continued to give him little light slaps across the face every 10, 20 seconds for the space of about three to four minutes. 
we got up and in the end he said yes dad okay I understand I'm not ready to take yet and I'm not going to try this challenge again uh, I'm sorry dad no problem Son, no problem. Get up, give him a little slap on the ass, send him on his way. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's going to give me another 12 to 18 months, hopefully two years until it, until it comes again. So, you know, it might not end as well the second time round, yeah. yeah. but it did end pretty well the first time. He went back home to mum. Uh, she was in the lodge waiting for us to come back. I said, love, he got his lesson learned today. He was just embarrassed. He didn't want to explain to his mum that dad had just taught him a lesson in life. And uh, that was it, mate. You know, that was the last episode. Have you spoken to him about it since? Uh, every time he tries to come on and, and, and says, like, yeah, Dad, I think it's time I just say, son, remember the golf course? And he really? goes, yeah, do that, yeah. Not not today. So I just say, son, don't start. The golf course instinct can come up again. Because that's bold. I know he's a bit like a little bit taller than you, than you but it's so bold at that young age to, to yeah. think like that because, that you know, it's not like he's 18. So Eddie Hearn and Barry Hearn had a little spa, didn't they, and stuff. But Barry Hearn <laughs> yeah. wasn't a proper boxer and yeah, stuff. No. Um, but there will be a stage, but, like, the that's problem... That's the thing, is, Rob, yeah. with my kids. I am... Um, they've never seen that side of me. I yeah. always... It was, uh, my horrible, nasty, vicious side, which I have got, and, and I understand that, and I've took that on board, it only ever came out in a boxing world or, you know, when someone challenged me in a car uh, while I'm driving. <laughs> it does come out there as well, to be honest. But, uh, they've never seen that side of me. Yeah. So the all as I am to them is big, soft and dopey. Because I, I just I take everything in my stride. My wife's the boss in the house. I mean, the, the wife's the boss in everyone's house. And anyone who's watching this tries to explain that she's not. You're lying, you dickhead. Don't be <laughs> stupid. So my kids see that side of me and think, yeah, oh, my dad's a pushover. So <clears throat> that's why he's challenged me, really. You know, if, yeah. I, if I was to show them, right, I'm from here, I've done this, I've done that. I used to do that when I was your age. I was doing this when I was your age. They'd be like, not messing with me, dad, but I don't. I'm a big softie to me kids. So that's why he's been able to Did they come to your fights when you're a boxer? Oh, my eldest son, Corey, only ever came to one. The greatest night in my career, I'd say life, but you know that was here. that was an incredible fight. That it was a good Anderson Park. And yes. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even a sort of like you know Liverpudlian or Everton fan, but seeing you win that title at Goodison oh, Park, the crowd going mad, and also you got, Tony gets knocked down at the start and then you come back, it's definitely worth it. No, but I think it makes it even better. He yeah, caught, got me it, nose, was a, it was it was a flash lockdown. It, it, Mate, you know, it was a bit more than oh, it was a flash. Literally snapped me nose, and I ended yeah. up doing a rollover to which judge. Just thought I was doing a gymnastics kind of thing and get all gave ten points each. Yeah, uh, but you come back to win in quite a devastating fashion, and you could you. see the emotion on your face. And I think your son was sneaked in. You never really wanted him there, is that right? No, and he snuck right. in to watch. You know what? I'd always, I never wanted my kids to watch me fight ever. I didn't want them to see that part. The only reason I had Corey at Goodison Park was because I, I was destined to win a world title from the age. And I knew it. One time, well, I knew at some point I would become world champion. And all the stars aligned, as they say, uh, and at Goodison Park on the 29th of May, me second, me, me middle son's actual birthday, uh, I became a world champion. And I, and I just, I had to have Corey there. At the time, he was 10 years old. And it was just unbelievable. Made the, as I say, the greatest night of my career, the greatest night of my life, really. But it was just, I, I can't put into words how much it meant purely for the fact of, I've been going to Goodison Park to watch Everton Football Club every other Saturday since I was nine, ten years old. And I, Everton means everything to me. You know, I've, I've watched them, I've, I've been season ticket older. I 
love the club. And I, if, if in an ideal world, I would have been a footballer playing for Everton. But the fact mm. of the matter is, I was too fat and I wasn't good enough. So, you know, I ended up getting the only chance I could get. It's, not stopped, a lot. it's not stopped a lot of Everton players to be <laughs> Aye, aye, lad. Jesus Christ, throwing the shots out today. So, aye, case behind the screen, this fella. This is hard, case. So, it's uh, just my dream was always to be a footballer. I wasn't good yeah. enough. So, the, the best thing I could do was stick a ring in the middle of Goodison Park, which had never been done before and I just wanted to have one of my kids witness it and obviously yeah. Corey was the eldest he was there that night as I say you know the most amazing feeling ever I, w- I wish I could have just stopped fighting and retired that night in the ring when I won the world title but it was only at that stage where money started to come into the game for me because yeah. all all of the fights before that some of them were for decent money it was okay but none of it was life-changing money none of it was where I could set my family up for the rest of my life so none of it was, I hadn't owned a house at, before that world title fight. None of the houses that I was in, I owned. Uh, so it wasn't until that world title fight that then, you know, things went better. And as Rob touched on, I come across David Hay. And then that's when my life financially changed. And that was a massive part of why I've been able to retire when I did. Does it, do you worry that your children are going to have a different upbringing to you did because of the different money situation? Definitely. I worry about that all the time. And I think it's so, it, with my kids, it's so easy come, easy go. I would think with Cody, you know, when he was born, obviously 15 years ago, uh, it's a little bit different because, you know, when, when Cody was first born, I was living in my first house, our terraced house in Old Swan, which is a tougher part of Liverpool, not like where we are now. So he, he's he's seen the progression. He's been around. Mm-hmm. And, and when, you know, when we didn't have much, when I was struggling, mm-hmm. when I had no money and I had a mortgage and I was skint and... You know, and and he's been around them difficult times. Don't get me wrong, he never went without in them difficult times because I was still willing to do some stupid, crazy things to earn money. Uh, but he was around in them times, in them days. After that, when my second son comes, we were still in the terrace house in Old Swan when Kobe came. Uh, but I was doing a bit better then. And then by the time the third one come, which he was a surprise because, believe it or not, the third one weren't planned. You know, we were in a, in a better position, a much better position. I was living in a nicer house and stuff like that. Uh, and then on this latest one, mate, he's just going to know nothing but the life of luxury. So, so when you say it's your project, the, the yeah. your one year old, is that because you, the the other three you think are a bit spoil and mummy's boys, and you want you you want the the youngest to sort of know that they're they're like living a lucky lifestyle was, or what do you mean by like a project to make them like there's you? There's no thought. There's no there's no denying that. I mean, I've been away for so long that you know. I've been so good at what I've done that it's, it's I've been able to retire, but I've been away. It's took me away from them, and I haven't been a full-time father. If anything, I've been, uh, you could class me as a part-time father while I was fighting, which is hard to say, but I've been very selfish. I've taken myself away to camp, going to America for months at a time, uh, <clears throat> making a bleeding Rocky movie, going away for three months and not coming back home. So... As I said, she's had to deal with these all the time. On this final one, I've been here nearly every day of his life. I'm part of it. I, I, I'm, I'm here. And yeah. with the other three, I wasn't because I was so focused. Even when I was at home, I wasn't really there. Yeah. I was just so focused on fighting and getting to the next challenge, making the next few quid, winning another title. My mind was always on anything but being a parent. 
when I was fighting. And and that's sad to say, but that that's me just being honest. I, I regret. Well, you have to have that mindset in in that yeah. kind of job because you have to be. A, on, it's not like you chose to be in camp. You have to be in camp if you're a fighter. It's it's part of the process. You do, mate. But when I look back now, I think it, I didn't have to be so engrossed in the game. But I mm. think that's why I got so far because I'm not athletically gifted. I'm not your Anthony Joshua. I'm not somebody who you look at him and he's got fucking muscles bulging out of his face and his body yeah. and he just he's a perfect <laughs> specimen. That's not me. So I had to work on other aspects and parts of my game so much more. Like I was insanely driven. Every every time I was in camp, I was just on it every yeah. single day. When I wasn't in camp, my mind was still focusing on the next move, doing this, doing that. Uh Whereas other people who are naturally talented athletes, they just go into the gym and, and it's like they've never left. It, yeah. It's crazy how some people work. Whereas me, I was a greedy fat fucker sometimes. <laughs> As a kid growing up, you know, I was 15 years old and I was 15 stone. Yeah. And that puts things into context. My first professional fight, I was two and a half stone lighter than I was when I was fighting at 15. <laughs> but now, yeah. because I chose to cut weight and go down. Just all these things. Do you see that mindset of relentlessness in your any of your children that they're that sort of super driven? So do you think it's a genetic thing or a product of your environment to escape and you know make you know make the situation you're using better? I see it in Carter, uh, the eight nine year old. I definitely don't see it in the fucking other two because they're just <laughs> they're everything in their own time. Uh, we'll just say no I'm not doing that I don't feel like it with us I have never quit anything in my no. life I can't quit I could, just can't give in it's a sad thing to have really I'm so I'm I'm just I mean even the little things like beating your kids on FIFA I want to tank him mate I'm, I'm still he's got the PS5 I'm, I'm doing him on FIFA I'm doing the eldest <laughs> one on FIFA mate and I'm not playing around with him, mate. I'm not, it's not about that. It's just about teaching you a lesson. But and, and do you know the sad part? He's not even that bothered. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm furious that he's actually not bothered. What? Yeah. I mean, I can't explain that. The anger I have when I've done him and needs to respond. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah, I, but Carter's different in, in that respect. Yeah, he is, mate. He, he hates to lose. He he, he can do it. Like he's, his, his two elder brothers will knock fuck out of him, and he will come back for more. Believe you me, and he will not stop. Really? And so, how, what will your wife say to you about that then? Will she go? What have you? Like, will she say? Carl what told are you me doing? This? You oh. stupid idiot! You big dopey! You can't teach them them things. He's not from your your mum's or he's, he's not like you. And I'm like, he will be like me if I can teach him a few things. <laughs> <laughs> Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency designed Future Formula, a personalized anti-aging formula prescribed by a dermatology provider to treat fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, and more. Agency has clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than over-the-counter retinol. Future Formula by Agency. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! What siblings did you have when you were growing up, Tony? Uh, I have got three brothers, mate. So uh, two elder ones, one younger one. So we four, I'm, I'm four boys. There was and four was boys. that a similar thing where you're all fighting and you're all... Uh, me, do you know what? It's mad because growing up, uh, my eldest brother was our Craig Mad Evertonian, so he left home when I was about 
10, 9, 10. And then he was living with some beard at the time or whatever. But he'd still come and take me to the matches with him because he, he got me support never Everton. Believe it or not, my dad's a Liverpool fan. So being the rebellious little fucker I am, uh, I chose to support Everton's goal against <laughs> my dad because I was like, oh, I'll do what I want. So, uh, yeah, R. Craig was always there. It was with me. R. Wesley was my next one up. So R. Wesley is the brains out of the four of us. He's a clever individual. He went to university and stuff like that. Uh, and he would like he would do what I done to our court. He would pin me down, bump, <laughs> me, give me slaps now and again just to teach me a lesson, show me as possible. You've got to understand, I outgrew them pretty quick because I'm the biggest of me and all my brothers, and I'm the heaviest, and I'm the fucking hardest as well. Make no mistake about that. <laughs> It'd be a bit so, weird if you weren't world yeah, champion, but not, not, not at Christmas. <laughs> so once I got to like 13, 14, the, the challenges like stopped in my house with, with my elder brothers. Uh, and then with my younger brother being gay, I, I had to every fight you could possibly imagine I had over him, not with him, because I would. But I, you know, it's no, it, there's no, uh, it's no conspiracy why I'm a boxer mate. You know, when you when you've got a young brother who's gay and he's it's apparent that he's gay at a very very young age, then you can imagine being young black and gay in South Liverpool wasn't uh, the most desirable thing to be at that time in the late in the late eighties early nineties. So I had many a fight defending him. Uh, yeah. I really did, which is very odd. But you know he's his own man now, married uh, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's no coincidence why I am what I am. I, I love me yeah. brothers and I love the family that we have, but it, it's crazy when you look back on your life and see it's no coincidence why I am what I am and why I ended up doing what I was doing. I, I was completely off the rails at some parts of my life, which we all have been at some stage. Mm -hmm. uh, but as as when it comes to fighting, it's no coincidence why I am uh, why I ended up a fighter. Did boxing kind of? Was that the kind of outlet to get you onto the rails? Definitely. I'm, I'm not going to use that old cliche one of boxing saved my life. And, mm. you know, without boxing, I, uh, I'd have probably been up to some stupid things yet, but no more stupid than anybody else. Uh, yeah. Mm. You know, we've all done daft things we're not very proud of. Uh, we've all like, well, I don't know, we've all had like close scrapes with the law. I have. <laughs> but yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know what? I think I was very fortunate to, mm. to find my way. I mean, it was my dad who put me into the boxing world and stuff like that. He, he was always proud. My dad was one of them people who, he's a brilliant dad, but my dad left home when I was 10. So, but my dad never became, never like taking himself out of my life, was always in my life. So, Looking back on it, I always just wanted to impress my dad. My dad was a, a fella who really could have a fight. And it wasn't in a boxing and just could have a fight. He was an hard fella, mate. Mm. So bringing home 10 GCSEs, grades A to C, that was never really going to you know, cut it and impress my hard fella. Me going to the gym and knocking someone clean out, you know, fuck me, that's getting me a new pair of trainees or a tracky yeah. or the new Everton top or stuff like that. You know, remember we're winning me second amateur fight by knockout and rendered this guy unconscious within 30 seconds. My dad bought me a season ticket the two days later for, for the Everton. Yeah, yeah. but, but that's the kind of thing people would talk about in like the, when they meet up with friends and boast. People boast about their that's kids, don't they? You know, when you're running when you're running nightlife security in the, in the, in a city like Liverpool, which he was, he must have had about 20, 30 nightclub doors, uh, and it's like and loads of the lads who work for him would turn up and watch me fight. So yeah. I'd, I'd just render someone unconscious. I'll tell you what, so your lad can't have fight. Yeah. Fucking hell, he's gonna be something else. And Tony, see your lad, what he's brilliant, he's this and that, and that's like. It's my lad that fucking my lad that you know 
so yeah. that was it made them so proud uh, and i'll say i've got a dad who's extremely proud of me someone and that was the big that was one of the biggest things and highlights in my career just making me dad proud yeah and, and what and do you feel like there's things that your kids do now to make you proud yeah, definitely. Like they say, they want to fight all the time. No. <laughs> they, they say they want to, but if I'll actually try and go on, then they know I'm not going to let them. But if I said go on, then go and do it, they fucking soon get a fright. But yeah. that's not what I want for them. I want them to be everything that I wasn't able to be. So my kids have got brains, something I wasn't blessed with. My kids have got different attributes to, than me. Uh, you know, they can do different things. The whiz kids on certain things. I'm not. I, I'm not expecting Einstein's for kids. I'd love to get one out of the fourth university. That would be a brilliant thing mm. for me to do. To see one of my kids go there. Uh, I've I've been very fortunate and, and and able to set up things for them. So you know they're gonna have really really good. You know childhoods that they've got they're going to have things that they're going to be able to go into shall it not work out doing what they want to do so you know i've planned and i've set things up for them going forward i, th I think that's unfair future. though tony when you say you're you're not blessed with brains because you obviously mm. are you're maybe you're not academic you might not be able to put an essay together but yeah. you're very astute clever individual that knows oh, how the business you're in yes. you knew how to work it you had strategies you did pr you did market you was essentially a one-man business and all those things connected you know like the way you set up the fight with david hay yeah. was a very shrewd market Marketing move Thanks, that would have been lauded in marketing departments, but because it's a, a bloke kicking yeah. off at another bloke, it just looks like two blokes <laughs> shouting. But I was, I, was, I, you know. I was clever and wise at that side of things, but that's just because of experience. Experience had led yeah. me to that point in my career. So you've got to remember in the early parts of my career, I was dealing with snakes mm. and in the boxing world, there's tons of them. So you soon learn to, to, to you know, make the most of what you've got and the most of what i had a lot of it was just openness and talk shit and, and just create rivalries do different things i was brilliant at that and i compose shit i'd say compose shit you talk shit but in a <laughs> yeah. clever way with an outcome i've got to back it up there's yeah, no point exactly. in just being able to talk shit and talk shit because in the end you're going to get found out the, the most important thing in boxing is and, and everyone said you can talk a great fight you can do but ultimately you you've got to be able to just fight yeah, you get fellas who can talk the best game in the world. You can get fellas who talk shit, create rivalries. But but mate, if you can't fight, you're just gonna get slapped everywhere, and that and that's mate, not it's what embarrassing. Want. You end up on the YouTube compilations of oh, boxes that get owned. You don't want to be a meme. No. <laughs> and if if your boys if your boys did fight, Tony, yeah. would you um, be in the corner and manage and coach them, or would you? get someone to do that for you and you, you know, cause it's like, the, you know, mm. Nigel Ben stands quite far away from Connor Ben when he fights. Yes. And then Eubank is very much involved with Chris Eubank Jr. How would you approach it? I don't know, Rob. I I, I, I couldn't see me kick a punch in the face because no. they're going to have to punch me yeah, in but the face. Yeah, but if they're going to have yeah. that fight, then, you know, uh, you'd be watching someone in the corner, but then if, if you know, do you think that you'd be able to do a better job on instructing them and, and giving oh, them advice, yeah. you know, because in a way that is protecting them because you're yeah. giving them advice in the fight. Saying, could I be hands I don't know. I've, 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 I've said no to it. I've been offered a few opportunities to train a few fighters now and I've said no. Mm purely for the fact of you have to remember how involved a trainer is with a fighter every time the, the box is in the gym yeah the trainer's in the gym with him so you're spending an awful lot of time there, an awful lot of thing you know effort goes into it but if it was your own kids i suppose that'd be different it really would you know you'd be emotionally invested it's your child i don't know mate i, I couldn't i couldn't I, could I you sit but could you sit ringside and watch no no, no. chance no oh, wow. i couldn't watch that i don't know how my dad's done it for this many years uh my dad adores me and I'm, I'm and i know me in the world to me dad my dad's my biggest ever fan he just he loves and adores me he really does but i couldn't 
what I couldn't watch what he's gone through watching me watching mm. my kids. I couldn't do it. It's just the thought of it. Oh, like I mean, my sons had arguments at school, and and I think a kid buttered them once. I wants to go up and fill the kid's dad in, <laughs> just to, just so the kid just so the kid understands that you know I'm never gonna do that again. But it was only my wife talking me around to stop me doing it. I was gonna go and fill the kid's dad in right outside the school in front of his in front of the son. And that's the kind of thing that you just you'd have to need that someone on your shoulder to say, you can't yeah. do that because that's how it goes. But the school dealt with it. Uh, it was. But it's it. hard though if that's your immediate thought process and that's yeah. that's what and your brain to is telling you to do. No, no of course. To, but, because no, but like, I, I expect my son to deal with that. Yeah. Kids are always going to get, fights are going to happen till the end of time. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I can. Because if I do that, then someone will soon realise don't ever touch my son again. And she was like, your thought process can't just be attack. And yeah. I was like, it's not, I'm trying to put it right. And she's like, that's not the right way to put it. So she talked me around and I've now realised that that wasn't the right way. So as long as he gives a belt back, you know, it's job done. But... <laughs> I, <laughs> I, think, I, think the, I think you made the right decision. Um, Rob, you always like to end with the same question. I reckon, I reckon you're quite an honest person though, Tony. I don't know whether there's going to be anything. I'm honest, that's me. My missus says that sometimes I've got to just well, like I shouldn't well, have said some of the things I've said on here, you know what I mean? Um, the question is, um, is there anything that, obviously, your wife's an incredible mum, you've said that, she does yeah. like the homeschooling and you do the cooking and stuff and she sort of keeps the house ticking over. Um, is there anything she does parenting-wise that frustrates you a little bit? Oh, that, for fuck's sake. But you haven't really said to her because it could cause an argument, but you're, you're, you know you're right. And yeah, if so she basically, was you want to cause the argument and then, like, <laughs> switch off and, and then you don't have to go with the... Rob, <laughs> you lying bastard. I can see what you do. Me, it's coming a mile away. She's more than welcome Instigating to come on the show. a fucking big me. Do you know if I end up divorced after making this comment, I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we do on pay-per-view, you might get half your money back. <laughs> uh, I think people will pay to watch you bash me up on pay-per-view. Yeah, <laughs> I'd chuck a tenner in. I come at more than that, mate. 19.99 I come at, lad. Fucking cheap if you get me. Right, eh... Uh, because you say she's like you think she's a bit soft with them and things like that, but is there anything oh, she's else? She's definitely that's... soft. I mean, when she just like buys things and just and, and you know, there's still parcels turning up at my house and we're living it and we're in January, we're February now. There's still parcels like it's Christmas. It's not fucking Christmas. Stop fucking buying Amazon shit and bollock stuff coming to the house. Do me head in. Uh, but you know what? I'll tell you what she does, right? It is exactly how it goes. This is what she does, and this is fucking really annoying. So, you know, when they've stopped listening. She's and like she she's lost them and, and and she's telling do this and they've got to explain this she's doing that and she's taking over the lesson with the man like the car has just had enough because he's cheeky and he'll just say I've had enough not doing no more aunt 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 and come here he's not doing it and then well, why shall me we tell me for. I mean, you're doing, you do the homeschooling, but oh yeah, shout dad in because dad's the disciplinarian, dad's fucking uh -huh. Sergeant Slaughter when it comes to the punishments, dad will deal with it. So I come down, listen you, you fluffy-haired little shit, sit <laughs> down and do the rest of the work now. I'm warning you, don't test me. So I, that, I, I'm always the bad guy. You're, yeah. You always I don't have to be the bad guy. I don't appreciate being the bad guy. I mean, don't get me wrong, me kids, I'd like to think they love me, or if, if they yeah. don't, they're, they're doing fucking brilliant acting skills, they really are. <laughs> Uh, I've created a few fucking Al Pacinos and Robert De Niro's in this house if they fucking don't really love me but uh, yeah I, I hate being the bad guy all the time but I do understand 
you know, you do need discipline in a house, and I am the disciplinarian in this house. Does it work though? Like, do they respond to that, or do they know that you're, you know, you love them to pieces and you can be soft with them? Like? I am too soft. So, do they can they sort of see through it slightly? Even though, like you saying that for someone who doesn't know you, is a bit scary because you're, mm. you know, ex-champion boxer. But yeah. for them, do they sort of know? Oh no, he's just he's. I think last week was a bit of a tough one because I took the eldest phone off him and I took it off him for a week. Oh, actually, you know what? Still going now. I've still got it now. He hasn't had it back yet. With the yeah, he's got the PlayStation back, but I've still got the phone. So it's been eight days now. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And he's got a girlfriend who he thinks is absolutely fantastic, which is you know just ridiculous at fifteen. But as it goes, <laughs> you know what can you do? Uh, so yeah, I'm sticking up with that one. I definitely think he, he thought he'd get it back by now. Yeah. But you know, he should have given the mock exam, which is important because it's he's doing he's this is his final year in school and he had mm. to do a certain mock exam and it had to be handed in. So basically he bullshitted me and his mother and said, Yeah, it doesn't have to be in, yeah. Then the school phone does. When the school oh. phone does, my oh. back goes up. Fucking little shit. So what they must think is the school must think, ah, the old fella must think, ah, don't worry, we've he's got it sorted. No, I, I'm not like that at all. I'm actually I, I think school's very important for them and I'm driving them on to push them to better things but I'm not sure how the school interpret how I'm doing it if you understand yeah you know mm. I've had I've met the school I remember going to school one time and they were like eh, Mr Bill you know he's not responding he's not doing this and I was just like he'll respond I'll get home and I just said to the teacher listen lad I don't fucking do naughty step in my house you step out of line you get a slap on the ass and that's how you get dealt with I don't give a shit what they say and the teacher just looked at me as if to say I definitely wouldn't want to be slapped on the ass. <laughs> so I'm at the stage now where you can't slap a 15 year old's ass, you know what I mean? Because he's 15, and he's six foot four, and he's just like, imagine slapping his ass, what are you doing? I mean, this is weird. <laughs> so, so, so it's just like, mate, give me the phone. And it's just like, oh, the phone. And I'm like, there's the phone. And keep messing me around, the PlayStation goes next. Yeah. That is pretty. No, that is pretty naughty, though, to lie to you about it. Basically, yeah. that's when yes. it, that that annoys he, me. He, he, when the little the ones worst thing is, Rob, he didn't lie. He just he just papered over it. Oh yeah, I'm getting it done. I'm getting it done. I don't think it needs to be in yet. He didn't say it doesn't need. I don't think it's got to be in yet. Oh, that, so a bit little sly, uh, little sly yeah, things. Sly yeah. ass. That's the thing that gets me. He 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 got it. He definitely yeah. got it up there, but he'll use it when he sees fit, and that's the most frustrating part. If he was, I say to him all the time, listen long legs you could have the best life ever all i expect you to do is do your homework do your school work and then you can do whatever you want if you want to sit on playstation all day you can if you want to go and play football you can just as long as the school work's done you've tidied your room made your bed the world's yours you're going to do what you want but the fact of he hates the school work and he doesn't want to do it just just makes me angry and just makes me kick off and yeah. take these things so as i say you learn me 12 year old on the other hand it just does everything right but really then, yeah but then it's just dead dead cheeky to his mum so you've got a different kid again so it's hard mate and yeah. i say the nine-year-old yeah he's his mother's project i've got the one-year-old though trust me the one-year-old will be the best he'll be the best <laughs> because what? he's gonna learn everything <laughs> from me and i'm there 24 7. i know we, we, we've got to go through it at the end but what, what what is your plan with the one-year-old what things are you going to try and do just I'm going to teach him that he never gives in. He fights with everything he's got. If anyone ever challenges him or puts it on his toes, uh, I'm going to turn him into the best golfer ever. I'm going to get him playing golf as soon as he can swing a golf club. I'm going to. I'm not going to teach him to box because that could that could lead down the wrong path. Golf's a good I'll one, just though. teach him. I'll just teach him how to throw a few punches in self defence. I've done yeah. that with the others, so my other boys could give someone a belt if need be. If it goes wrong, boom, there's one on your chin. Have a bit of that. Uh, 
bit of football. Me, yeah. me, me. Carter is 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 at a really good level. To be honest, he, he's a brilliant goalkeeper. Plays the year above, so he's really good at that. Uh, I've just got so many ideas that I want to do with a one-year-old. <laughs> so many different things. We'll have to check back in when they're a couple of years older Trust to see me, how the project's going. I'm telling going. you now, if 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 I can get someone to to click on up here with him, who's a bit more advanced than me, then I'm, he's going to be the best for me. He's going to be brilliant. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this, but the other kids won't see. It. I'm looking back at the door, see if they're listening. But mate, I'm telling you, my project will come good, and you will watch. Carson Bellew will be the one. Wow, I love that. We'll, we'll play this back in 18 years' time and yeah. then we'll see. This see will be in the at. documentary. The champion of Countdown, the champion of the chase, the champion of football, golf. This could, could, could be anything. Amazing. Well, good luck with it, Tony. Thank you so Cheers, much. Mate. really, that really enjoyed this. It's been <laughs> Thank great. Thank you, man. That was oh, brilliant. It was a pleasure, boys. Tony Bellew. Um, Josh, I need to apologise if I got a bit too boxing nerdy there. That was... That I don't was... think it did. I think at points, you know, I I, I, I understood it all, Rob. Brilliant. That's the Perfect. main thing. I understood it all. He's a boxer, right? Uh, I yeah, mean, you yeah. should have told me before the interview started. I had to work that one out. As he is on. the king of the octagon, that guy. <laughs> um, He's, I, I just love, but I've got so much respect for boxers. It's just insane what they do. And, I, I, they, and it annoys me a little bit. They don't get the respect they deserve because no. it's just like, oh, two blokes fighting. But the, the, the fitness levels you need to be at are outrageous. And the technique of actually boxing, the actual punch in the face and the, the toughness of it is not, you know, I did that some important. boxing training well, Rob, important. Uh, yes. years ago for fitness. Oh, yeah, not, the, for, not for not to turn pro. I had a couple. I had a couple of bouts, but obviously the comedy was just taking off. Rob, yeah, I did it for the Olympics, but then I decided on fitness. <laughs> Once I got a mock the week under my belt, I thought I don't know whether I need <laughs> boxing anymore. Um, do you know what the most difficult bit, fitness-wise, is? You've got to be on your toes the whole time. I know that yeah. sounds like the calf muscle. I know that, the, <laughs> the calf muscles you need to be try. All, your, all our listeners, try bouncing around on your toes, forward and back, for a minute now, and yeah. it is absolutely brutal. Yeah, so but if you do that, right, so don't just... No being punched or throwing a punch, but bouncing your toes for 12 lots of three minutes, Yeah, and you'll, you'll be physically sick. So imagine, whilst doing that, throwing punches, getting punched in the head, and avoiding a punch. It's like a dance, a choreography, and I, I don't think yeah. it's like a working-class sport. It's, not, it's sort of just deemed as two blokes fine. It, it never gets the respect it deserves. But that aside... Wonderful bloke, Tony Bellew, um, and uh, what an interesting interview. It's so different, the type of people we get on the show. similar to the one we did with Philippa Parry. <laughs> Can I ask a question about it? Because I didn't want to... I should have asked, I should have asked. When he says slap, slap them on the arse, does he mean slap them on the arse? I think it's a turn of phrase, really, but I do think potentially... I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't no, think... No, no, that's actually... what I mean. Because I, like, I was like... Is that a turn of phrase, or is he slapping him on the arse? I don't think it literally means a slap on the I think it means a bit of a bollocking, a bit of yeah. you're being told off now yeah, yeah. type of thing, rather than the... Slap on the arse is a bit bit, too, bit more like a carry-on film, isn't it? Yeah, well, exactly. I implies that it's sort of like everyone's ev evacuee clothing, just shuffling <laughs> down a little pair of, like, <laughs> thick cotton shorts and a big red slap, like a, a headmaster in one of the little hats and gowns. I'm imagining him chasing his kids around like Benny Hill. That's how I'm yeah. imagining it. 
Well, no, yeah, so I don't know if he, he means it like that. We'll have to clarify on that. But I remember watching a documentary about him uh, on Sky Sports about his boxing. I remember him brushing his kids' teeth. And I remember thinking, they are the most aggressively clean teeth I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> when a Tony Bell, you're brushing your teeth. Um, but he's a lovely man and, and he loves his kids to absolute pieces and his wife. And uh, it's, um, yeah, it was great, great to have him on. But yeah, it's so different. And that, you know, but those different backgrounds where he probably thinks he's been really soft on his kids. Yeah. You know. And yeah. it, that was the, the imagine walking past him on that golf course. Bloody hell, Six mate. foot four, six foot three, just cuddling and slapping each other. Yeah. They must have thought it, they were rowing over the golf score. <laughs> yeah, there's someone, someone there who's taken a drop ball when they shouldn't. That yeah. kind of situation. Someone shouting from hole three, you're only cheating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, the book is called Everyone's Got a Plan Until You Punch Them in the Face. Until you get punched in the face. Until you it? get punched. Oh yeah, of course. Till you get punched in the face. Yeah. He got it wrong. So um but um <laughs> oh, well, that he planned to say it right. <laughs> <laughs> um it's available for pre-order now. We will be back on Tuesday. Yes, see you then, people. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.